Okay. Well, I want to welcome you to the Montana DSA podcast. Uh, this is January 2nd, 2023. The Montana D DSA uh, organization, which consists of uh, four chapters across the state in Billings, Bozeman, Helena, and Western Montana, um, have come together to form a, a project of taking us into the legislative session uh, to deal with important issues that relate to the issues and values of DSA. Now, DSA is Democrat, Democratic Socialists of America, uh, which is the oldest and largest uh, socialist, democratic socialist organization in the United States, founded in 1982. DSA members believe that both the economy and society should be democratically run to meet human needs, not to make profits for a few. Um, DSA members in Montana and across the country are building a progressive movement for social change while establishing an openly democratic socialist president in, in American communities and in politics. Um, this first uh, Montana DSA podcast will feature a DSA member from Missoula, Sandy Birch, who is going to talk with us about the topic of abortion rights and reprodu reproductive justice issues as they um, probably will appear in the challenges that we face in dealing with this next 2023 Montana legislature. So I wanna thank Sandy for being part of this and ask her to uh, tell us a little bit more about how you see the topic uh, that you're, you're uh, gonna to discuss today is related to democratic socialism and why you're beginning us with this topic. Yeah, well, hi, Frank, it's great to be here. And um, this, uh, yeah, so this legislative campaign um, really started with socialists organizing in Montana. As uh, you mentioned, I'm a member of the Western Montana chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America. Um, and I think our, our chapter was founded in 2017, so not really that long ago. And then I actually just joined a little over a year ago. So far, the thing that I really love about DSA is that it's a really great way to meet people who share your values and are really ready to show up and get some work done. Um, so our, our work locally proves this, as well as our statewide campaign that we ran against LR131 which was an anti-abortion ballot initiative. Um, and then our current legislative organizing, um, this project that we're embarking on now, that this podcast is part of, that all demonstrates um, what, how ready we are to, to do work and get good things done. Um, and I think that that willingness to do work is really crucial because it's the foundation of grassroots political power. So this is, it's how we're going to get anything good done. So. Like I'm talking about healthcare for everybody, um, improving wages and working conditions, setting up a robust welfare state uh, so that we take care of people when they need it, uh, guaranteeing abortion rights, progress in any of those areas, um, particularly in this political climate where we have most politicians, Republican or Democrat, are just so deep in the billionaire's pockets. Um, progress on any of these fronts that we where we really need to see progress uh, is going to require a sustained mass political movement and a robust labor movement. So genuine organizing among workers and everyday people is what is required in this moment. Uh, and that's part of why 
what DSA is doing in Montana is so exciting and just brings me so much hope. So I can talk more about that uh, if you want. Good. Um, it's, it is really a, a challenge for many people because there are so many people who have seemingly given up on the system of whether the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. I have lots of Republican friends here in Helena who have just said goodbye to the Republican Party uh, when they've seen the kind of things that are coming out of the Repu Republican Party. But a good number of us uh, have been encouraged, uh, like the three of us in Helena who were founding members of uh, National DSA back in 1982. It was me, uh, Marshall Mayer and Bonnie Lambert. Bonnie is the current co-chair of the Helena DSA. So um, it's good that you're part of that in Missoula uh, and that we're together in this project. Um, so what is this uh, abortion rights issue in Montana and how, how is it related to the Supreme Court decision called Dobbs? Yeah, so the Dobbs decision um, is uh, the was the overturning of, of Roe versus Wade um, and protection of abortion rights in the United States. Um, so the Dobbs leak happened um, and then the Dobbs decision happened and for our chapter helped to organize um, protests for both events um, and our second protest was particularly successful. We had uh, over a thousand people at the Missoula County Courthouse. Um, we had help from the Missoula County Dem Democrats and um, all of the nonprofits in the area that work on reproductive rights, such as Planned Parenthood, Montana Women Vote, Blue Mountain Clinic, you know, we co coordinated with them, um, but it was our chapter that was really planning the logistics of the protest, you know, making sure the sound system was there, making sure that we had uh, safety and de-escalation mechanisms in place, planning the route for the march, all of that. Um, and so throughout that process, um, <clears throat> myself, and a number of my comrades um, started to work together and we're just so passionate obviously about abortion rights um, that we started to have regular meetings um, and we decided that it was important to build um, electoral power and give people an avenue for meaningful strategic action. Um, so yeah, so we knew that we wanted to do some mutual aid um, and we still do, that's still one of our goals, but we also knew that we wanted to do some policy work as well um, and then around that same time, uh, national DSA, you know, shrewdly interpreted the political moment um, and how important abortion rights are uh, to people and decided to prioritize abortion rights campaigns. Um, so, you know, organizing around issues that really matter the most to the working class or to everyday people. Um, that's what socialism is all about. And so national DSA was sending us all these resources, trainings and meetings and stuff like that. Um, and it was during that same time that our four Montana DSA chapters, um, Frank, that you mentioned, so Bozeman, Billings, Helena, and Western Montana, we all got in touch. Um, we were all interested in, in working on abortion rights, and we decided to coalesce around um, running a campaign against LR-131. LR-131, if you're not familiar, was the Born Alive Infant Protection Act, um, uh, the Regeers, put that on the ballot in order to drum up the evangelical vote uh, in case one of them ran for Congress. So our campaign uh, worked in coalition with the Compassion for Montana Families campaign. Um, and you know we won, which was really, really great. And also even if we hadn't, uh, the work and the time that we put in and everything we learned and all the connections we made 
that's all we need to, uh, to keep moving forward and to keep fighting for mm -hmm. reproductive justice in Montana, which is exactly what we're doing now. So currently that same statewide DSA um, campaign is adding in a number of folks and keeping going and we've transformed it to a Montana DSA legislative action group focused on uh, the 2023 Montana legislature. So I'm excited for our continuing work. Well, and we're very thankful that um, DSA chapters work with so many other groups to uh, defeat uh, LR-131. And of course, you didn't mention, but it was pretty soundly defeated uh, by six percentage points in Montana. Win yeah. Winning is, is difficult, but uh, more than 230,000 people uh, voted no against mm -hmm. uh, this, uh, you know, this uh, backwards, uh, uh, unprogressive a piece of legislation put forth by the Regniers. Yeah, uh, and and one thing too that I'll just interject there is I, I think that that speaks, especially when you see how many, um, you know, that we had a Republican supermajority elected at the same time as we defeated this anti-abortion ballot initiative. I think that that speaks very clearly to the fact that um, rural Montana or just Montana voters in general um, are progressive on a number of issues, including abortion and healthcare and all of these things that we think that they might not be, but they are. But they've been um, they've been gotten to by Republican propaganda, and so that's why you see all these Republicans elected as being a, you know working class um, or you know likely to work in favor of the working class, um, but they don't. <laughs> and that's just because of propaganda, but really the voters are still very progressive, which is why you see things like LR-131 uh, defeated. Yes. See, that's that's very important for me to hear you say that because so many people think that uh, Montana is a hopeless case. You know, uh, there are four cities where Democrats usually win and, and they're fairly progressive, though some of them are not. Um, but what you're saying is that no, actually, um, Montana people are are not in the pocket of the the Trump folks and and the uh, uh, Montana GOP folks who are constantly railing against those radical democratic socialists, or they don't even know it. They just call us radical socialists. So, um, is Montana really not hopeless? <laughs> yeah, I don't think Montana is hopeless at all. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize the strategic value of organizing on the left um, in rural red states like Montana. So we have a we have a very small population. Uh, so politics is very accessible to us. And I mean, like literally just in terms of numbers, uh, it's so much easier to access your politician in Montana than it is in uh, more populous states. Um, also, because of the way that the U.S. political system is built, rural red states have an unfair influence on national politics. Uh, we see this time and again. Um, plus, when you think about abortion and how all of the challenges to it come from these red backwaters, uh, it's really a great place to be fighting for abortion rights because the action is very present and it's relatively easy to engage with it and have a large impact. So I, too, I often hear liberals and leftists bemoaning like all the Republicans in Montana, they think it's all, it's a lost cause. They think all their neighbors are like deeply, vehemently uh, conservative or white supremacist. But the reality is that most people in the rural 
US or across the country hold progressive values and Montana isn't any different. So most people want, most people believe in each other and they wanna see good things for other humans. Um, they just need to be organized by us um, and not by the fascists who use populist propaganda tactics. You know, this just reminds me of something I was um, thinking about and reading about before this interview um, was scheduled uh, that uh, Gene Debs, who was a uh, one of the founders of socialism in the United States and was a uh, candidate for presidency in 1900, 1904, 1908, 1912, 1920, one of those times uh, being a candidate from with out of jail, uh, never gave up on ordinary people and constantly reached out. Now he never became president, unfortunately, uh, but he was the kind of person who really tried to reach out and explain that uh, socialism had nothing to do with uh, totalitarian control. That was always the propaganda against socialism, even back in the early part of the 20th century. But here in Montana, we have a tradition of um, loving our neighbors, trying to help each other, and realizing that once you start talking to people and listening, especially, uh, you get to see that you know, people are really decent and 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 they showed themselves in this LR131 vote uh, to be amenable to uh, convincing, to being convinced that this uh, vote against abortion rights in Montana needs to go down. So um, you've we've talked about the role of Montana DSA in defeating LR131, but we also know that similar issues will come up in this in this legislature now that Montana Republicans have what's called a supermajority, controlling both the Senate and the House. What other issues you know will come up, or do you think might come up that we're going to have to face and organize against that we can take a look at in subsequent uh, DSA podcasts? Yeah. So I know that our um, well. Basically, I, I think that the primary issue areas that we've decided to focus on uh, for our legislative action work are reproductive justice, um, housing, and labor. So those are our, our primary issues. Um, and those, those are all, <laughs> you know, we need to be prepared to fight um, for all of those issues in this session. And what are the plans that you that you know of uh, for how um, DSA and and the chapters will focus in on those issues and how how they will come together with uh, other groups on labor rights issues and feminist issues and housing issues, all of which are really tremendous. Um, we can expect those issues to come up again, uh, but how do you imagine us uh, working in this next legislative session to? come together to defeat really regressive legislation and support um, some progress for uh, some of the things that people in Montana can agree on. One of the things that's important, that's been very important over the last year for me for uh, doing this work has been uh, having a framework that makes it all make sense. Um, so, um, Certainly, I think that to me, that framework is reproductive justice. Uh, so this is going to be a different framework than reproductive rights. 
Um, a lot of the feminist movement has been co-opted by capitalism from the very start. So like some of the earliest or early suffragists were some of the most disgusting racists. Um, if you want to know more about it, I highly recommend a book called Against White Feminism by Rafia Zakaria. The audiobook is really good. Um, but basically, reproductive justice is a term that was coined by Black activists in Chicago in 1994 um, because they were looking to speak to the fact that the feminist movement did not work for them. Uh, it worked for middle and upper class white women. So if all you're doing is putting middle class white women on top of the hierarchy, but you're not deconstructing the hierarchy, then you aren't fixing anything for the majority of people. So people of color or people experiencing poverty. So AKA most everybody in the United States. So reproductive justice is about more than just abortion. Uh, it's about having safe and sustainable communities in which to live. And if you so choose parent. Um, and so what that means in terms of policy uh, is it means a housing system that is not predatory and outrageously expensive. Uh, it means improving workers' rights, like fair wages and time off to be with the people you love. Uh, it means universal health care, free quality education, uh, a healthy environment, because humans are animals too. Um, so all of these are socialist values as well. This is part of why I find the reproductive justice framework uh, and to be really informative. Um, so I think that it's also why we can't afford to get siloed in one issue and then uh, forget that it's all connected and it's all really important. So that's why while we continue to protect abortion rights, um, however we can, we are also looking on housing um, and labor because it's all part of the, it's all part of the picture. It's all part of building these healthy, um, sustainable communities. Um, and our legislative action group is doing just that. We're, we're starting to work with, um, uh, labor unions and uh, Missoula tenants union, groups like this um, to continue to see how we can support. And, you know, just, I, think it's, I think it's really important to pay attention is winnable and also what is it that people really want? Because if you're, if what you're campaigning for or if what you're lobbying for or whatever you're messaging, if it's about something that everybody for the most part, because I think everybody for the most part believes that housing is a human right and that it's messed up when people end up without a home. Um, and if you're speaking to things that are that integral and, and if you really get your messaging nailed down and you make sure that you're getting your messaging out there to, to as many people as possible, um, that's, a, that's a way to build power for those particular issues. And I, I think it's really, uh, neat the way you've spelled out that all those issues that you've talked about are part of democratic socialism and they've been part of democratic socialism since uh, the term was ever uh, uh, used in the United States uh, regardless of what um, propagandists say about uh, socialism it's about you know workers rights it's about fair housing it's about health care for all it's about women's rights fair wages um, being able to love uh, and live with the people that you love and marry them, uh, a healthy environment. So those are all democratic socialist issues. Uh, and they seem to have nothing in common with uh, some of the leaders in the Montana legislature. So it'll be a big fight. Um, mm -hmm. And how are we, 
we're going to have to build a nonpartisan citizen-led capacity to to fight on those issues and have some influence on the legislature. And uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts uh, more about how this podcast and others can get that word out about how uh, grassroots organizing is is part of the Democratic Socialists in Montana. Yeah, definitely. So throughout this whole process, I've really felt like I was in the right place at the right time. Um, and I think that that's a large part of what organizing people is about. Uh, you just have to show up, uh, ask how you can help, and then do the thing that you said you would do. Um, so, you know, I was there, we were there, our chapter, we knew each other because of our chapter work. And so when the, when the Dobbs decision happened, um, it was such a relief. Uh, I was at work and my coworker told me they overturned Roe and I thought, oh man, now I got to go schedule a protest in like two days. <laughs> and, but all the people that I needed to talk to were already, I already, I already know them. I already trust them. I already had their phone numbers in my phone and, and we could start planning. Um, so, you know, all of those emotions, um, like just the rage and the grief about this profoundly undemocratic system that, that we are made to live in. Um, it made all of that so many million times easier to deal with because I had and we had as a group an avenue for meaningful action. So, you know, like you said, looking at the Montana state legislature with a Republican supermajority, um, I mean, we, we if you're not already, be anticipating some emotions. And I think that an important part of that is making these connections and coming together to get work done. I also think sharing information is so important because, you know, with a lot of this state lawmaking process, people don't know what that looks like. People don't have the time to keep track of what's going on. And I think that's part of why having this podcast is really awesome and, uh, and really important. So I'm glad that y'all are getting this off the ground. And the thing that I just want to say, if you're listening and you care about these same issues and you live in Montana is to join us. Um, you know, we need you uh, we're still getting a lot of details worked out, um, so it's a fun time to be involved, but uh, we're here to stay, and if you are as well, then I think you should definitely uh, check out what, what DSA is up to. There's like a lot of ways to get involved, and, and um, I think the other piece that I would say is just like be prepared to be in it for the long haul because it, it requires a lot of patience, and like you said, there's this... Um, this legislature is hostile to a lot of the values that we have and, and so profoundly hostile that we have to be very, I think <clears throat> we have to be very strategic um, and, and realistic about what it is that we can actually um, achieve in a, in a climate like that. But at the same time, I think we need to be constantly hopeful because the fact that we're coming together and um, and learning the skills, because we had to learn a whole lot of stuff to run our campaign against LR131. And um, we're just a ragtag group of uh, volunteers pulling it together in their free time, you know? So the um, if you want, it, 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 that in itself is the work and is the power, is like those connections and people coming together and building, um, systems for holding our uh, systems of power basically accountable to us um, is it that that is the task and so even though it feels um, especially in our in our culture where we're often isolated and alienated from each other it feels like um, 
weird <laughs> to reach out and start working with other people towards a shared goal, but um, it's absolutely, absolutely essential. And as you were speaking, I was just thinking back to something I read years ago. Um, it was a uh, series of books by Michael Harrington, who was one of the founders of DSA back in 1982, and Barbara Ehrenreich from Butte, who is also one of the founders of DSA, along with Marshall Mayer, Bonnie Lambert, and me. Just, I like to put us in that category with some of the, the truly greats who influenced so many people and great scholars. But uh, Michael Harrington and others um, at that time were a ragtag group of people as well. Uh, but they did not give up. Uh, they have. They never did give up. And in his um, autobiography, Michael Harrington, who uh, brought to Helena back in 1974 or so, uh, and he was talking about those issues, that some of the ones that you've mentioned here, the profoundly undemocratic nature of our system, the fact that most people seem alienated from, uh, from their government, uh, which doesn't seem to care damn about them. But he said, you know, um, democratic socialism is, is something that we really need. It is the most humane alternative to capitalism and the greed of our current system, which is destroying uh, values, uh, which doesn't guarantee housing rights, which doesn't guarantee the rights of children, uh, which uh, has never um, worked truly to get health care for all as a human right. He said, you know, um, I've been working at this for many years, he said, but he said, I think that democratic socialism is like a seed buried in the snow. And that in the 21st century, that seed may come out from under the snow and flower. <laughs> and I think that's partly what, you know, I remember about Michael Harrington, a wonderful person uh, when I you know, met him in person back in Detroit. And then after I brought him to Helena, um, he, um, he was an inspirational figure, as as was Barbara Ehrenreich. They they gave their lives to this effort. They never gave up. And as you're saying, they uh, were in it for the long haul and they have to learn the skills, reach out to our neighbors and so forth, uh, because these are ideas that people really do understand and they don't really buy the propaganda, but they're looking for a better alternative, which is democratic socialism. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I just the the response to that, I I my or my response to that is, I think a, a lot of just radical working class organizing throughout history and how long people have been organizing, um, basically a resistance, yeah, to to capitalism, which is a profoundly inhumane system, and um, that that we are all trapped in. Um, and I think that I, I have a lot of hope, um, <clears throat> for, for where we're going. And I also part of the way that I think of it, um, to give myself, I feel like the mindset that is the most practical is to just understand that at the very least, what we have to be doing is learning how to resist capitalism and passing that on to the whoever comes next because that's all like when you talk about this ragtag crew that started uh D, you know dsa or or um or ran this campaign or any of that it's like that like literally the only reason there's so much amazingly beautiful 
uh, work that humans have done in, in resistance to capitalism and in the interests of their own human needs and, and all the things that are really beautiful about us. Um, and that, that, that's the only reason that we're here. <laughs> and that's the only reason that we know what we know or have the theories that we have, um, is because those people who, who came before us, um, shared that information as best they could, disseminated it, taught, organized everything. And that's basically what our task is. And if we see, um, good things happen in our lifetimes, that would, be fantastic and also we need to just keep the ball rolling or there will be no resistance to capitalism and that would be a really bad in many many ways well um i'm going to give you a couple uh, seconds here to think about many any final closing comments but uh for the uh montana dsa uh podcast project i'd just like to say um we're glad that you're listening that you're part of this and that you care about these issues and that you live in Montana. And then we ask you to join us, uh, not to sit on the sidelines. Uh, a lot of people have unfortunately been sitting on the sidelines because they didn't um, connect up with people who were doing the kind of work you're doing, Sandy, or the work that uh, DSA in Helena is doing on, on lots of issues related to racism and housing issues in Helena, for example, to, to get affordable housing for every person. There's a housing crisis here in town, but um, we need all the people who are listening to this podcast to uh, get connected to us. We're still working a lot of details out about uh, future podcasts, uh, but we will be back and it's a fun time to get involved with us. Uh, politics isn't all um, doom and gloom. It's a matter of you know dipping into those uh, real deep sources of hope that we have which are you know, the innate goodness of people and, and people like Sandy and others who are in DSA or in the more progressive churches who don't buy any of this uh, uh, capitalism as the teachings of Jesus stuff, <laughs> that, that kind of nonsense. So we, we're here to stay as the DSA podcast project. And if you are too, then check us out. Uh, we, to get connected to Montana DSA, you'll find information on this podcast page uh, where you can, you know, click and 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 go for, you know, you know, getting linked up with us. Uh, find people in your area where uh, where you can uh, meet with them in person. Uh, the podcasts uh, of 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 the uh, Montana DSA podcasts will be available on Spotify and also at a, a website, a web app called Anchor FM, uh, and you can also find in the chat room of this uh, podcast, uh, the Helena DSA email address. So you can write to us and we can get you connected to people in, in other states or make sure that you're on the uh, alert list to uh, um, to get connected to us. So I believe the address of the Helena DSA is helenadsa at gmail dot com if that isn't right um we'll correct it <laughs> um, helena no the address is actually helena mt dsa at gmail.com so it's helena mt dsa at gmail.com so um uh, 
let me give you the last word, Sandy, and then we'll um, close off this first uh, podcast of the Montana DSA uh, system. Yeah, I guess just one real quick thing that occurred to me uh, that we didn't touch on is that one of the things that I think sets DSA and socialist organizing in general apart is that a lot of the uh, nonprofits that you see doing um, political work are very focused on um, candidates and representation and electoral work and um, you know, like contact your legislator and tell them how much you don't like this. And I think that that is important. Um, but I also think that DSA, um, I, it, I don't think it takes very long for people to realize that their senator probably isn't listening to them. Um, and one of the things that is central to DSA is that we do a lot of labor organizing. And I know that's huge for our chapter. So if that's something you're interested in, um, then I would recommend that you Definitely uh, stay tuned, but also I just think that we have a analysis of capitalism and, and how to actually exert power. And that's why we're very focused on, on workers and everyday people is because the power is with the people. Um, and that's also part of why we wanted to work on a ballot initiative this, this last fall is because that's a very, it's a highly democratic electoral process. So it's, it's harder to influence that. It's just a sheer numbers game how many people have voted no on LR 131. And so those are the kinds of um, political uh, campaigns we're interested in getting involved in. And then we're also really focused on labor, which is basically just a highly strategic um, uh, organizing method uh, for actually combating uh, the interests of capitalism and the ruling class. And so I think that that's really refreshing for people when they when they realize that because we're kind of used to like a whole like, oh, vote for this person. They said they'll do something and then they never do it. And people get really apathetic about that. And so I think that's just something important to point out about DSA is that we are really focused on doing something that is different and strategic. And uh, yeah, and, and then lastly, just really great to be here and I'm very excited about this. Well, I want to thank Sandy Birch for being with us um, today. And you'll be able to find out about more upcoming DSA podcasts. Um, and I just want to sign off by saying I'm Frank Kromkowski from the Helena DSA chapter, uh, inviting you to come back again. And thank you for participating with us today. Goodbye.